everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. episode that we have. Yes, it is, as they all are. Yes, uh, and this season, you know, season 10, it is turning out to be quite the season already. Yeah, definitely got some interesting interviews for sure. We do, and um, so there's a debate on this one, on our guest today, um, because he is this is the 20th anniversary of Pirates of the... And here's where the debate or controversy comes in. Um, do you say Pirates of the Caribbean or Pirates of the Caribbean? Caribbean. And see, I say Caribbean. Yeah, well, you're uh, wrong. Uh, well, okay. Now, you know, we have to, like, consider... Like, is it, like, regional dialect or something that, you know, that I've... So, I, you know, I hear and I also say Caribbean if I'm talking about the place. Um, but in the movie title, I always heard it as Pirates of the Caribbean. They're wrong. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> did you ever hear that? Or is it just me? No, I guess I have. I don't know. Everybody says it differently. I say Caribbean. Well, uh, we did put a poll in the Facebook group, and, um, you know, there are some other people that have voted uh, Caribbean. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think I'm the only one that heard it. I just can't be sure if it's a regional, you know, way of pronouncing it. or Regional uh, as in, like, Kentucky? Well, possibly, you know, but... I, I, I don't know that. So, uh, because you would think if that's the case, that we would, you know, say going to the Caribbean. But I always say Caribbean. Um, yeah. And um, what's that? Um, this, you know, the, the ship, um, the cruising. Um, the what? You know, like... Um, like Royal, uh, Royal Caribbean, Caribbean. yeah. <laughs> right, you wouldn't say Royal Caribbean. Like I've never heard anybody I mean, call I it that. Yes, some people say it that way. Yeah, I mean, I so I don't really know. It's just one of those weird things that happened. Mm-hmm. But even if you take out that, um, you know, it's been twenty years since that movie. That's um, pretty amazing. Yeah, it uh, does not seem that long. No, I mean, it seems like this season is meant to make us feel old or something. <laughs> well, the shoe fits. <laughs> I'm not ready to wear it, are you? I mean, gosh. 
Well, you know, I mean, I'm 61, so I'm just. Spring chicken. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, it is true that time gets away from you. Like on these things, I'm reminded of, you know, songs, and and now they're, you know, like 50 years older. Right, yeah. This song turns 35 today. What? Yeah, and, you know, we had uh, J.P. Pennington with our guest, and that's 60 years of yeah. since Exile formed. And, um, you know, also 45 years since Get You All Over. So it just seems like this season has a lot of those kind of milestones. And, you know, that makes you think, like, well, you know, I have, like, lived a lot of years, and um, hmm. yep. it, it doesn't seem that long. Um, maybe it's our memory. <laughs> the, it's the downhill toboggan ride towards death, as they say. Yes, you know, I can always count on you for those <laughs> words of motivation. Yeah, yeah. So... Well, okay, so let's look at it like this. Um, You know, people make plans, like, early on in life, Mm -hmm. usually of, you know, what they're going to be, who they're going to be at with, and, you know, all those things. But Mm -hmm. how many people make a plan B, um, you know, to do? I mean, I would guess that more than a few do. I mean, if, like, this doesn't work out, then, you know, I'm going to do something else. I would... Yeah, I, I, I mean, it sounds like a smart thing to do, to me. Well, I mean, there's a couple of schools of thought about that. One is, like, the whole, um, what is it called, uh... Where you burn the boat so you have no other option except to move forward with what you're planning? Well, so I can see, like, I can see that would work, okay? Like, yeah, you know, when you have no other choice, obviously that means you have to go forward because right. there's no turning back. Um, so in that way, it would be 100%, you know, that would work. It is very motivational, for sure. However, I feel like you could still move forward with a plan B and possibly have less stress in doing so. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, but then if you're, if you're following plan A and you're thinking, well, if this doesn't work out, I always have this other thing to do, then maybe you're not going to try as hard at plan A. But what if plan A, you know, like in your no other backup plan, but plan A doesn't pan out either. Like it's not a, it's not a guarantee that let's say I wanted to be a, I don't know, um, Wall Street mogul, mm-hmm. okay, you know, that may not work out for me, no matter how much I want it, I could move to Wall Street, I could, right. you know, whatever, 
and I could be homeless on the street and say, you know, I am staying here. And so, well, I mean, you'd still be on Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, possibly I could um, be a manager for a rock band or something. There you go. Um, you know, as my plan B. And still, Well, yeah, but, I mean, you know, usually what happens is if you're well, the first thing is you have to be realistic in your expectations. I mean, like I know right now I'd never be a NFL football player. I mean, no matter how much I wanted to be. So, I mean, I can't delude myself into thinking something that, you know, just isn't going to happen. But see, that's, isn't that part of the problem? Because a lot of these plan A types are you know not the easy career paths like people that have made it in show business or music careers you know and they were told like no you know yeah. like your parents are not probably going to support you and say yeah don't go to college you know like um, go join a band or you know whatever mm -hmm. so I mean you might feel like that's not realistic. And so if you're going by what you're saying, like you're saying you couldn't be the NFL football player. Mm -hmm. So how do you like distinguish between that? Like what's real and what isn't? <clears throat> well, I mean, I think, again, you have to be realistic. And um, you uh, may not end up exactly what you want but maybe you'll end up something similar to what you want I mean I don't know how many people actually ever achieve their dreams of what you know plan A is I mean I'm sure there's a lot but most of most people end up some you know maybe somewhere near their target yeah I, I mean which would be a plan B, right? No, not necessarily. I mean, it could be plan A, but it just evolved into what it is. Like A minus, plan A yeah, minus? kind of. Plan A 2.0 or something? Yeah. I mean, what, what was your plan early on? I mean, did you, <laughs> did you have like no. a driving dream that you... No, not really. I mean, I just kind of... I don't know. For a long time, I just kind of went with the flow, whatever, wherever it took me, you know. And even now, I mean, I didn't plan on where I am now, but it just kind of happened that way. Yeah, and and I don't think there's I don't think there's anything wrong with um. Like, I mean, do you feel regret that you didn't early on? start with a plan A and like uh, hardcore. I mean, sometimes I think about how life would be different if I had made different decisions and, you know, maybe done things a little bit different, like gone to college or finished high school or things like that. But, I mean, I don't dwell on that stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, so I can see the advantages. Me, personally... Uh, I do like to have a backup plan, and I find it to be helpful, like, not just with a career choice, but in, you know, daily life, too, especially 
which I'll throw in, you know, like I did not expect to be uh, owning a dinner theater, a right. mobile dinner theater group. Or yeah. doing a podcast. Yeah, I, exactly. Like neither of us plan, had that plan. Right. Or co-writing books or plays or, you know, any of that. Right. Um, but I will say, like, even, so let's use podcasting, for example. You know, there are a lot of things that can go wrong. People maybe don't think about it, like, when they hear the episode. But, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> there could be uh, technology problems. Yeah. Uh, there could be the guest has a emergency. We could have an emergency. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember, like, right in the middle of this. Was, so this was a countywide when we, um, you know, did that interview oh, with yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right in the middle, like, my son had, you know, gone off to, um, it was a boot camp, I guess. Yeah. You call it, um, with the military. And, you know, I've been waiting for a call from him, like, you have to wait, you know, forever. Right. And it came, like, right in the middle of the episode. I remember so that. We were like, talking to, uh... Yeah. The... Right. So, I was like, oh, you know, Matt, take over... Right. Are you okay? <laughs> like you didn't, you know, you didn't know. Uh, so I did come back and explain later, but you know, a lot of things can happen. Yeah. And so my plan B was like, Matt's gonna take over the interview. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> you could have told me that it was your plan. Well, I mean, I didn't have like a, I didn't think I had a need for that plan, but in my mind, mm. you know, I, I, I mean, I'm. That's just what my plan B was on the spot there. Right. Um, but I do find, like, in the the mystery dinner theater, you know, like, COVID has been an issue. Like, if someone gets COVID, you know, then you, you don't have an actor uh, because, obviously, you're not going to bring them out, even if they're asymptomatic and expose, you know, other people. Right. So, um, you know, having a understudy, for instance, would be a plan B. Um or it could be just another plan A. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I guess that's where it's kind of murky uh, because it's still in the same the same field. Um, so it could be like you were saying, you know, like right. a version of your plan A. Right. Um, but I know my career choice definitely, you know, I, I did not expect it to go as it did. Um, yeah, that's yeah. true. You were studying to be a English teacher. Yeah. <laughs> At first. But, you know, I mean, I had, like, all kinds of dreams of other careers, but I didn't think they were realistic. Uh, what was um, the unrealistic one? Uh, well, you know, I, I wanted to be a writer, so I thought, you know, I'm going to be a writer. I mean, and, you are. Well, that is true, I, and I feel like had that had I been driven um, just to do that, and I had moved away to New York or you know wherever, mm -hmm. I, you know, I feel like I could have succeeded in publishing a novel or a, you know whatever type of writing. Right. I, I do think I had that. Actually, I have a lot of drive, so. Um, I, I think some of that could have been realistic. Like, there, there's a number of careers I think I could have been successful in. 
rap star. But I, yeah, well, you know, I love <laughs> like I, you know, love that. Right. But, but you know, I scored. So this is like I think I've said it before, but I scored the highest in the state <laughs> of Tennessee on a telephone operator. Wow. Test, you know. Awesome. Uh, and I think, you know, I think I could have been a good one of those, too. I took one of those um, tests where, like, in school where they, you know, help you find what kind of jobs you would be good at. And, yeah, what did it say? Um, funer- funeral director. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> I remember I was, I was answering all the questions, like, I don't like people, I don't like being around people, and... You know, that sort of thing, so. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, did you have any aspirations for that? I did not. <laughs> well, I, you know, I am kind of glad about that because I might have been a little bit more nervous meeting you. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of a, I don't know, no offense to the funeral directors out there, but it is a bit creepy. Well, you, you know how I am about funerals and, like, yeah. you know, all yeah. of that. So, and yeah, it's nothing against those people. It's just me. I can't. I'm just, yeah. you know, me and death and, like, all of that don't have a good relationship. So, mm. yeah. Um, wow. So, I mean, you know, uh, I guess we just, uh, I can't wait to hear what our guest has to say. Let's make sure and ask him, you know, about Plan B because... I do know he comes from a sports background. That's right, he does, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, how how do you, like, decide to leave sports and follow the dream of an actor? Like, you know, they both seem like rather slim chances of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're both long shot kind of careers, so I'll be curious to see if he had a plan B and also... We have to ask him, how do you say, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean or Caribbean? It's Caribbean. Or Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let Vince tell us. All right. Sounds good. Well, Vince, I want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions. We are really excited to have you as our guest today. And I am happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, so this is going to seem like an odd question to start it off with, but this is the 20th anniversary of one of your films. And so I want to know, because we've been having this debate about the pronunciation. So I'm saying Pirates of the Caribbean. And then I know some people are saying Pirates of the Caribbean. So, well, let's just start with you setting the record straight. Like, how do you say it? <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good question. I, you know what? I always go with Pirates of the Caribbean. All that's, right. That's how we say it. Yeah. I think the other one's more if you're from, uh, I guess, from the Caribbean and you pronounce it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is cool because that's the way I've been saying it, and I just wanted to make sure that, like, you know, maybe somebody else could think I was all right. <laughs> um, 
Well, that's how I heard the writers say it. (laughs) All right. Well, that is good enough for me. There you go. All right. So 20 years, um, how do you feel about that? Like, does it seem like that long since you, you know, since you made the movie? No, and, and, and it's uh, hilarious because uh, I was with uh, Trevor Etienne, who plays Kohler, and Isaac Singleton Jr., who plays uh, Bussum. Uh And we were at a pirate festival over here like a few weeks ago. Uh, doing appearance and we all three looked at each other and we didn't even realize it was 20 years <laughs> till someone till someone <laughs> told us at the uh at the festival you know it's been 20 years i go what it's been 20 years no get out of here <laughs> and then i started calculating i go wow you're right honestly it feels like uh we, we did this yesterday it, it doesn't even feel like 20 years Wow. So, um, you know, I guess then you like immediately go and get some stickers and things like that made, you know, to pass out like, uh, or sign or autograph for the 20th anniversary. Um, you know, well, if I would have known ahead of time, I would (laughs) have. Yeah. I mean, uh, that is quite, um, how does it feel to have, to be a part of something that, you know, is still, um, being watched and talked about and loved. It's one of the classic movies. So, um, does it, what does it feel like knowing you were a part of that history? Well, you know, as an actor, you, you always want to be a part of something great and brilliant or even, even a, a cult film. And I think this has a combination of all three. It's a great film. Uh, there's a huge subculture of pirates out there, which I didn't even know about till till the movie came out, and and it has a cult feeling to it because um, you you have uh, a lot of cosplayers who make a living dressing up like Johnny, or even they dress up like different characters from the film, and the money they spend on this on these costumes and wardrobe and that it, it's amazing, and. You know, for me, it, it's it's a one-in-a-lifetime project that you get to be a part of. You know, it, it, it's it's my godfather, I guess, you know, because I, I love the godfather, uh, you know, and, and certain movies like that, like he, where, where you're part of something that uh, they remember the acting, they, they remember the story, and they remember the effects. And this movie just had a combination of everything where you had great acting, great script, great special effects and a great ending. And, uh, and I, I'm just blessed and over the moon that, that I, I was a, a part of this wonderful film. Well, let's talk a little bit about how that blessing comes to be. So with your backstory, um, you grew up in Cleveland. That is correct. I was born in New York, but, but I grew up in Cleveland. Okay, so I have read you described as, um, you know, like a constant overachiever and like always the underdog. So, um, you know, is is that true about you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I remember when uh, uh, when I, I first got into acting or playing sports or whatever, you know, I was never the first round pick, but I was the guy that they always wanted on their team because 
I was so motivational and I would never give up or quit. And that would rub off on the, uh, uh, on my teammates or, or other players. And that's kind of how I am in life. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe in quitting and, and I don't care what the score is. You know, there's always a, a, a way to come back. And, and well, something that happened this year with my son's baseball team, I was one of the coaches. We started out 0-4 and I, I go, we're going to win the championship. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and I go, trust me, we are going to win the championship. So we win a game, we win two games, and then uh, I go to the team. We're not losing another game the whole season. Now they're looking at me like I'm really, really crazy. But we went on and won 13 in a row. We won the championship at our little league there, and then we won the tournament of, of champions. So we won two champions. So wow. basically, yeah, so I, you know, I'm, I, I like proving people wrong. Um, I remember when I, when I was leaving the – come to uh, LA to be an actor. I had a few family members, uh, not close family members, but they gave me six months and said, hey, you'll be back. Mm-hmm. And I like, uh, <laughs> and I laughed in their face. I, I go, we'll see about that. Um, so where do you think this drive in you um, comes from? Or this, you know, not willing to give up, always pressing forward? Like, is that something you feel like you were born with? Or, you know, how- why do some you know, people it and some don't? You know, that's a, that's a really, really, really good question. And part of me wants to say I was born with it, but part of me wants to say I also learned learned it. Because um, I always think about it, it's always easy to quit. You know, it's always easy to say I don't want to do something anymore. But when you're really passionate about it or something that you really care about, you find a way to continue to do it because you love doing it. And meaning I could have uh, left acting a long time ago because I, you know, I had a lot of doors slammed in my face, but my desire, my passion and, um, the willingness to, to create and, and to be on stage and, and to fight what I what I wanted and 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 love to do, I, I was not going to quit. You 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 have to kill me to quit. And part of that, I think, you know, is playing sports. Uh, you know, I think I think when you play sports and you become an actor, it helps you deal with the mental side of acting, all the rejection. Because when you come up to the plate with bases loaded and you get a hit, you know what it's like to be successful in a pressure situation. But if you strike out. You know, yeah, it, it might be considered a failure, but I don't look at, at that. Okay, you got me this time. I'll get you next time. And usually that, that's what I I try to tell myself and teach myself. And I guess I, I told myself so many times that, that I believe it organically and, and it's embedded in me now. Um, and, and that's what I tr- try to teach my son and his team. Listen, I don't care if you strike out, you know, you're going to have another opportunity. Don't forget about that. You're going to get another chance. Rise to the occasion in this this next at-bat or this next play. And uh, and I think I think more people in life um, need to, to realize when one door closes, the other door opens. 
So do you ever, like, is there ever a door that you refuse to stop knocking on? Or, you know, is there sometimes when you have to, or maybe it's better for you to realize, like, let's say you didn't have any talent as an actor, um, but you still wanted to be that. Um, You know, would it be better for you to stop knocking on the acting door and, you know, maybe try another something? Or would you just be like, okay, you just keep knocking on that if that's what you feel? Well, I mean, you got to have an honest conversation with yourself. I mean, the the bottom line is, do you believe you have the talent and ability to, to work? Not all, not all the greatest actors get the opportunity to work um, and become successful. Sometimes there's average actors or mediocre actors that become huge stars. And why is that? Why? Because they, they believed it so much that they weren't going to let anyone else stop them. And, and, and sometimes that leads to something, you know, maybe they, they have this charisma that, that shines from them and they're able to go into the room they're like, yeah, he wasn't the best actor for this role, but there's something about him that 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 we like. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I've seen a, you know, I always say this uh, to, to actors because, you know, they go, oh, I'm going to get back in the business, you know, now I, I stepped out for five or ten years. Now I'm going to come back. But the business has changed so much. I, I feel you're either all in or all out. Once you make that commitment, um, you know, and this is for me. I mean, you know, it can't, it might not work for all actors, you know, because every, everyone is wired differently. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm one never to smash anyone's dreams. You know, I'm one to, if you truly believe in and you have a dream, I'm going to try to help you. Awesome. Well, so I'm very curious in your backstory about how you came to have this interest in acting. Um, so you were a street dancer. Yeah, that kind of how it all started. Um, I went to New York one summer when I was 14 uh, to visit my uh, grandparents. And usually we're playing sports, but my cousins had joined, uh, uh, well, they started uh, breakdancing and they created a, a breakdancing crew in New York. And uh and uh, uh, when I came to visit, they were like, well, one, they started teaching me how to break dance. And next thing you know, I'm doing back spins, I'm spinning <laughs> on my head, I'm doing, you know, suicides, you know, and I come back home and I join a, a dance crew and we start winning dancing competitions. We're performing at small venues, clubs. We did the halftime show for the Cavaliers. Uh, we, uh, opened up for, uh, Rev DMC, Fat Boys, Curtis Blow, uh, when rap was just starting to, the to, to come up, um, and we toured with them around Cleveland. And then, uh, someone knew me, they knew I, I played basketball and they knew that I was street dancing. They were part of a, a, a theater on the east side of Cleveland called Caramel House. And, and it's African-American theater. Uh, it's not in the greatest neighborhood. Uh, they reached out to me, say, hey, are, are you interested in trying out or auditioning for a lead in a play? And I was like, well, I, you know, I, I mean, uh, I 
never acted before. But yeah, they're looking for a kid that can dance, play basketball, which you can do. Um, um, and, you know, go in there and audition as an actor and sing in. But then when I went to the audition, they're like, we'll make it, make this into rap. I did the audition. The, the role was, the character was kind of like me. So it, it wasn't that, uh, uh, you know, far-fetched role for me. So I was able to dive into it pretty easily. And I ended up getting the lead in the play. Next thing you know, we're getting really good reviews. I'm signing autographs. I'm doing this and that, and I'm like, "Wow, maybe, maybe I could be an actor." <laughs> and then uh, I ended up doing a lot of theater in, in Cleveland, uh, different uh, venues, uh, being leads or supporting roles. And then uh, one day I said, "You know what? I'm gonna give this a shot and see what happens." And that's how it all came to be. So, do you feel like? Um if you had never gone to New York and, you know, your cousins or your family, whatever, doing the, the break dancing, uh, do you still feel like acting would have been your career path? Wow. You know, um, yeah, I guess sometimes destiny works in mysterious ways. You know, sometimes we feel we can control our destiny and sometimes we got to do the work to find our destiny. And I guess some way, shape or form, I, 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 I would have found my way to be an actor. Not well, I mean, it, it's really amazing, actually. Like, I think it said that you had one line and then the, the dance, um, you know, when, when you first, like, had that first role. And, and then it just, you kept growing and getting reviews and, you know, that, that's really amazing to come from sports. Like you were really uh, apparently very good at those. Or I think you said that you um, never had a sport that you couldn't play. Um, do you have Yeah, a I mean, meaning, meaning I, I may not be the best, best basketball player, but I'm actually pretty good. And then uh, baseball, I'm actually really, really good. And football, I'm... Um, uh, I was a pretty good football player, and I was a pretty good boxer, martial artist. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think when, when you, you know, dancing and, and sports kind of go with each other. So it's like once you get that, that uh, your coordination and, and trust in your body and moving in a certain way, you're surprised with what you can do. So when you um... – make the decision yes you know I am going to be an actor um this is what I want to do uh kind of take us through the steps that you know did you move immediately what was your what was your steps and your plan to success um so first I I, I came out here for a visit and uh for like I don't know 10 days and I was checking out acting schools uh, like uh, CalArts, uh, Cal uh, Long Beach College, uh, American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I was basically checking it out, where, where can I live? And that was probably like maybe two years before I moved out here. And I was working at the Red Cross. And then I was like, hey, you think it's possible you know, I know there's a Red Cross in, in L.A. You think I can get transferred there? And they made a phone call. 
Um, and I, I, I was able to get transferred to the lab in, in, in uh, L.A. And I, I, I still had the interview, but I pretty much had the job. I got the job. So I had job taken care of. I auditioned for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, got accepted. Uh, I auditioned for Cal Arts, got accepted. Uh, there was a couple other schools, I don't remember, but I, I was accepted to all of them. And I could have went to New York, but I was like, if I'm going to starve, I'm going to starve in L.A. where it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you can yeah. relate to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and basically, I, I started that little, you know, baby steps to, to move out there. I had a great acting coach back in Cleveland who's very supportive. Uh, Caramel House was very supportive. Uh, there's another coach uh, at the Lakewood uh, Community Theater, I think. Uh, they were all very supportive, like, like so positive, and that, you know, they believed in me, and then they believed, you, you can be a working actor. You can be a, a really, really good, solid character working actor. I was like, you know, I think so. And then, you know, I um, got in a car and drove 2,000 miles. Wow. Um, to uh, to LA, and I, I didn't tell anybody I was leaving to like a few days before I was going, um, and uh, and they're like, "What? You're moving to LA? No, no, you're not." <laughs> and I go, "Yes, I am. I'm leaving Friday." And they're like, "No way!" I, I had a saw. So I, I was playing on like three softball teams. I managed one of the softball teams, and we we just played for the championship. And uh, yeah, it was <laughs> it was. It was, you know, it, it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life, but uh, it was, I, I, I reaped the rewards of it because without moving out here, I would have never met the people I met. I would have never met my wife, uh, never, I wouldn't, you know, never had a kid, my son, mm -hmm. and I've made a lot of great friends and, and got to work with a lot of actors that I've seen on television and film. And so, yeah, you know. No risks, no rewards. Did you? I'm curious. Did you have a plan B? Nope. Do you think? Do <laughs> you think no, that? Nope. Do, do you think that's necessary? No, I think find your plan B when plan A doesn't work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't believe in, in in fallback. You know, I think. Is then you're planning you're you're planning yourself to fail. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I and 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 all this is the the way I think. That's the way I wired. You know, you know, mm -hmm. however you want to do it, that's up to you. But for me, I guess you know, it, it's a little more scarier the way I did it. A lot more scary. And I think, uh, I think sometimes when you want something really bad and challenging, it's got to be scary. Yeah. And. You know, I and, and and honestly, that's why a lot of actors don't succeed. You know, I, I've been in with a lot of actors in acting class, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna get this degree and this and that." And I last fall back, and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that that works. You know, whatever makes you happy. You know, I I'm not one to judge. You know, do do what makes you happy, and and hopefully, you know, maybe both will work. Because there's a lot of actors out there who you know who are stars, but they also got degrees as in uh, yeah. in something teaching writing or or whatever it is you know, I, I I can't remember the name of the show I think it was called paper something paper paper and the in the 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 professor 
was actually a professor and he decided to get a, become an actor later in life in his late 60s and he ended up working so much he was such a great actor cool <clears throat> what was that uh, moment for you when you know you were like holy crap this is you know this is a real thing like was there a movie that you were in somebody you were working with and you know you're just like uh, I think I think uh, um, I was doing a play out here called uh, Thanksgiving Cries, and and uh, we were a big hit, but we had three casts. Mm -hmm. So we had an A, B, C class, and we one cast would perform, perform on Thursday, one on Friday. There was a Saturday matinee, uh, Saturday matinee, and then there was a Saturday night, and same thing on Sunday. And in that cast, we had uh, Eric Close, Danny Nucci, uh, Danny Nucci from uh, from uh, Titanic, and you had Eric Close from Without a Trace, and Toby McGuire was 16 or 17 when when he joined. Uh, you had Marco Del Rios in it, and we were all the leads of this play, and uh, that uh, we got amazing amazing uh, reviews and and we ran for like a year and a half wow and and you know for out here in la it's crazy and that kind of led uh, to the connections i started making uh being in, being a part of this play because i you know i was a uh, i wasn't the guy that they were looking to be part of this play the the play a, a mexican kid because i look like a white kid but <laughs> I came in and, 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 and took the risk, took chances. They loved it. And they're like, yeah, we want you to be in this play too. And, uh, and from that play, uh, Marco Del Rios, Alex, Alex Delerma, they were the best men in my wedding. And, and Mark was in Encino Man with me uh, when we played the high school kids. Mm -hmm. And then Eric Close was part of my wedding. And we, you know, uh, we built this friendship from that, that we're still friends today, uh, including uh, Toby. Awesome. Jack? Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious because fast forwarding to 2023, um, you know, it seems like some of these themes run through this movie that we're going to talk about. So um, your new movie that's coming out, is it September 1st that this is going to be out? Um, Yes. Trauma Therapy Psychosis, um, which is a sequel, um, I think, to the movie that came out in 2019 that was just um, Trauma Therapy. Right. So, um, I guess the first thing is, like, um, if you did not see the 2019 film, you can still, as I understand it, like, uh, this is a kind of standalone. So it would be cool if you saw the first one. But if not, uh, you would be able to watch this one and be perfectly fine with following along. 100% correct. Uh, okay. Even though the, the subject matter is uh, similar, uh, but they are two totally, completely different movies. Um, I think... Uh, psychosis is a uh, more intense, more dark, uh, moves a little quicker, um, and uh, more in your face, and and it's shot completely differently 
than uh, trauma therapy. Trauma therapy uh, did a lot of tight close-ups, while this one it, uh, has more of a, a stylized, uh, almost like a '70s feel to it, um, and, and 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 it's a little more raw, I would say, if you know what I mean by raw. Sure. And this was the last film for um, Tom Sizemore. So uh, what was it like working with him? It was intense. It was, it was, uh, it was very, very, very intense. Um, you know, I, I was a, a, a huge fan of, of his from, uh, um, from Saving Prior Ryan, uh, Heat, uh, and then another bunch of films that that oh Black Hawk Down, which he was great in with uh, my buddy Trevor Etienne from Pirates was in, and Trevor did that before he uh, got on Pirates. And I remember going to myself, who is that guy? That guy is good playing the leader of the rebels. But anyway, going back to Tom Sizemore, he uh, um, it was a lot of fun because he improvised a lot and. Uh, and was really good at pushing buttons. So basically I'm like, all right, we're gonna have some fun here. So it was really organic is I improv I started improvising with them. We went off the script. I was pushing his buttons. We were yelling at each other and, <laughs> you know and, and uh, you know it, you know he was really, really good at, at getting under my skin and I was good at getting under his skin. And there were a couple times where, where uh, the the silence in the moment said it all. Like we look at, we were staring at each other and we didn't say anything. And there's just this intensity coming across. And uh, and that's what I, I, you know, he, you know, that's what I love about acting. You give you give someone a piece of cake and hopefully they take a bite out of it and, and they toss it back at you. You take a piece of it or you, you know, you're hitting that tennis ball and you both are bouncing it back and forth. And that's what it was like. It, it was very organic real and, and and intense and afterwards we we complimented each other and gave each other a hug you know said great work and, and and it was great work and it's just sad that you know he uh he passed away right um do you think that he would be pleased with this final product i think so because um one thing that that I love about his performance is, and I'm going to say the word again, um, that, you know, it's just so raw and real. I mean, you know, there there was no acting going on. It's like you watch it and you're looking at it and you go, wow, I really believe he, he's the host of a podcast, you know? Like, he, he was so good. It's, it's so what type of character did you play? Is it a character that like you or very different from you? Um, uh, the, the, the character Victor in this film? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it, it's different from me. This guy's a conniving, manipulative, uh, cutthroat, backstabber, um, <laughs> no loyalty. Um, he'll do whatever it takes to, to get what he wants. And so was it fun to play a character like that? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, we we all have different characters that we can tap into. It's just, you know, as actors, if we're willing to tap into the dark side 
or the ugly side. And I love tapping into to those sides because, you know, it's challenging. You, you know, you get those butterflies in your stomach and, and it's fun and, and it's fun to do. So um, what type of problems would bring someone into, um, you know, this trauma therapy? Like what kind of, um, you know, dark sides are we looking at? Um, well, your, your, your heart, heartbreak, um, loneliness, um, abuse, meaning someone that, that, that was abused and they, they, they wanted revenge, um, hate of themselves, low self-esteem. Um, what else? I think that's, uh, covers it, you know, or, or some that, uh, usually you know, the, the recruits have something terrible that, that happened to them in, in, in life and and they just haven't been able to find a way to deal with it. And that's why they come to Tobin Vance. He's like that poor man, Anthony Robbins, who's charismatic, inspiring, makes you believe you can do something. And then before you realize you know, you're, you're brainwashed and you're doing stuff for him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so much fun. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because, like, um, you know, are you a fan of like Tony Robbins and self-help gurus and, you know, people that are trying to motivate you to be able to, you know, do better, do things that you want to do? So, like, is there a line there where you're, you know, where you're uh, just being helped along or you're being manipulated? Uh, uh, in, in real life or in the movie? Um, so in real life, what do you think? And then we'll like tie that into the movie. Um, uh, that's a, you know, I think I, obviously, you know, a lot of, a lot of motivational speakers are making, uh, you know, Anthony Robbins uh, making a lot of money doing what he's doing. And, I think there is a little manipulation involved with anything, you know, with, with, with the whole selling of it, you know, cause sure. I think cause there's a lot of people out there who, who are always looking for that secret in life. They're looking, you know, for the answer in life. And, and sometimes maybe, maybe they find it with, with a motivational guru or, or whoever, whoever it is, I, I don't see anything wrong with it if it's helping them. But, um, but sometimes you're going a little too far with it because I think, you know, some the answer lies within you. You know, the secret in life lies lies within you. Um, and you know, it's kind of like acting too. Everyone is always asking me, "What's the secret? What's the secret?" I don't know the secret. I don't know the answer. You know? Damn, that was my next question. <laughs> oh, it was? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll be sitting around with new actors, whatever, and, and they have that glazed eyes and they look like they're yeah. hoping I give them the answer to what it is to succeed as an actor. And I only know what worked for me, and that was hard work and dedication. And I, and I always say, you know, if, if you got to learn lines, you better be learning those lines instead of being at a bar, you know, two to three hours while, while 
and, and I always say this too, is while you're sleeping, I'm working. I, I'm studying my lines. I'm, I'm here getting ready for that audition. I'm doing my homework. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, 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 you have to be, uh, what's the word? You have to be dedicated and, and, uh, um, diligent. the word escapes you right now. Yeah. Diligent. There's, there's one word though. Uh, Baby, will uh, when we hang up, I'll think of it. <laughs> <laughs> then you can call us back, and we'll be like, "Okay, go back on." Yeah. So, in the film, um, he's manipulative. So, in this way, um, you know, people are broken or they're struggling, um, you know, with a hurt that they've had, or and yeah, they, yeah. yeah. And because, you know, when you look at it in real life, a lot of, you know, not to get into religion or whatever, but usually, you know, that there's something you're you're looking at someone like they're they're the it or they have the answer to everything. Not realizing that they're just a cash cow. You know, they're telling you what you want to hear, mm. they're giving you the advice that you wanted to hear. And. And there's no sincerity behind that because they want to keep you going because you are paying my big house. You're paying my right. Lamborghini. You know, you're my ATM card. Yeah. Uh, at some point, you know, you, you, you got to cut them off. Um, and it's like this, too. Like I, I tell actors, I said, listen, you got to take some risk, meaning you can't be a classroom actor like be in class the whole time and you're not out there trying to get an agent. Mm. You're not out there to create something. And, and I always say, take the bull by the horns, write something, go out there and create a short film or create a small scene or whatever it is. So you're being creative and, and you can show people. Mm. So how long did it take um, to make this film? Um, in scotland uh, uh well you you mean just filming wise not not uh right. post right yeah filming wise i think it, i think it was like a 16-day shoot and um so what was that like uh, where did you film it and uh, you know just tell us all about that part that side well the, 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 i wasn't a part of the cast that went to uh uh, they went to Scotland and they they were there for uh, two weeks, you know, yeah, two weeks, sixteen days, and they and now all I can tell you what was told to me it was very intense. Uh, it was um, uh, cold, uh, rainy. Uh, they were freezing their butts off. Uh, a couple people got accidentally punched and hit. You know, <laughs> you know, which kind of happens in these kind of films. You know, you don't mean to do it, but hey, I got clobbered with the sword on pirates so many times from Kira Knightley, and, and she just kept going, "I'm so sorry, baby. I'm so sorry." I'm like, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, and then my stuff was shot here with uh, Tom Sizemore because originally um, we we weren't in the original script. Um, and what happened was they, they saw a cut of the film and uh, David and Tom, who are the writers and producers on it, um, they came to me and were like, hey, we got this idea to bring you back. We want you back. Uh, I think it'll be great for the movie. And I was like, you know, whatever you need. And and, and 
and then they go. We're thinking about getting Tom Sizemore, and then they they did get him, and then uh, we filmed it, and and yeah, and made a huge difference in the film. It, it gave it a through line, which it didn't have before. It it, it didn't move smoothly. Now it's it's got a combination of intensity, uh, really good dialogue, and, and it moves smooth. So what do you hope um, that people take away from this after they watched it? Um, I think the biggest thing is, is if you're hurting or need help, do not be afraid to seek it out. Uh, I, I think that's the biggest thing because it's not a sign of weakness to uh, uh, seek out help. I think it's a sign of strength and sometimes you know, maybe don't seek out Tobin Bats, but <laughs> seek out <laughs> someone out there in your life, you know, because, uh, you know, these days, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people suffering from de- de- depression and, and you know, and some of that's in, in this film. And uh, I think it's important um, not to hold it in and keep it to yourself because there are people that love you out there and care about you even though you may think there there are not and there, there isn't anyone well i can't wait for this um you know release date september 1st for everyone to be able to see what happens and you know what the characters are actually going through and uh you know it's very intriguing like the whole um, the whole premise of it is very interesting to me so uh i can't wait um what is it for you? Oh, oh, sorry. I said sweet while you were asking the question. Oh, yes. So what is next for you? Uh, have you already started on another project or what's going um, on? Right now, uh, we're putting together a film called Thou Shall Not Kill. It's going to be me, one other person. Um, I'm not, and I'm gonna, I'll give this. I'm playing a serial killer and we're basically raising funds right now um, to do it. Um, We want to film in Vegas. Um, uh, So that's next. Uh, Hopefully we'll be filming uh, middle of November or first week week in December. If anyone out there wants to be a producer or finance a film, (laughs) let me know. Reach out to me. We don't need a lot of money. I'm just saying, not a lot lot of money for this one. Um, That's next, and I'm finishing... uh, I've been producing and directing a boxing docu-series called uh, Ten Count, which follows boxers from Compton, uh, East LA, uh, South Central, and uh, what it takes to become a, a world champion and, uh, and the trainers looking for that next world champion to walk through the doors. Mm. And uh, so that's been a lot of fun uh, to do. As the uh, writer strike, um... Has that had any effect on anything yet you're doing yet? Uh, no, but it, I did lose uh, a film, be, be, uh, so I guess it did affect me. <laughs> <laughs> if there was, I, I was supposed to do something a couple months ago, so because of the riot strike, they, they shut it down. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of sad right now, um, but you know, we we got to do what we got to do as actors and writers because uh, this yeah. has gone on too long. And I, I just feel 
the only way we're going to survive is not just by striking, but I think we need to put something in the language in the contract mm -hmm. that, you know, because we're, we're, we're usually one step behind technology as actors and writers. So every three years, you know, it doesn't seem like a long time, but technology, the way it's changing, it's changing so fast. Right. And three years ago, we weren't even talking about AI. You know, we weren't talking about streaming, but it was there. Mm -hmm. it, it was just, it, it just wasn't in our face. So I think, you know, the only way to survive and, 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 and for everyone to be happy, and I don't know if that's possible to do because, you know, I'm not a negotiator, but right, yeah. if we could put some, some kind of language in there to protect us in the future for anything that changes. Cause you know, as, as we know, it's going to keep evolving. Right. And the, the big studios, it's all about the, the, the profit for them. And, and which I understand mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, I think we deserve a little bit piece of the pie. So, you know, we can afford to pay our houses, put our kids in school and, and have food on the table. Agreed. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I certainly hope that you will come back and be our guest again in the future. And, you know, uh, by that time, we'll, we'll have um, September 1st will have passed and we'll be able to, um, you know, have watched your movie. And uh, I'd just love to discuss the future projects that you're working on. You've been a great guest. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys having me. And, and I'll come back anytime you want. Awesome. awesome. We're, we're going to hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to find me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Vince. Uh, thanks for coming by. We really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to talk to us. And uh, as Pat said, we will invite you back again and see what you're up to. Awesome. Thank you. All and right. thank you to everyone out there. I appreciate it. All right, take care. Talk to you soon. You too. Bye-bye. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.